What's going on? Welcome to the Limitless Live podcast. I'm your host, Michael Gustin, and I'm really excited to be with you today. Today, I want to talk to you about what's at stake. I want to talk to you about what's at stake for the human race, what's at stake for ourselves if we don't make the decisions that we need to make, right? COVID has obviously done an amazing job at pushing the deepest aspects of ourselves out into the world around us. And I think that for most of us, we've probably come into deeper connection with ourselves, with our own viewpoints, with our own understandings of ourselves. Uh, if we've allowed this time period to do what it was meant to do, and, and we've come into a place where we understand ourselves deeper than we ever have, you know, and last week I, I went back to my hometown, the Coachella Valley. It was a full circle moment, you know, because in the Coachella Valley, uh, that's where I grew up. I was adopted when I was seven years old and, um, you know, I was very, very angry. I was very emotional. Uh, you know, I was born in Portland, but, uh, when I was adopted, I moved down to Southern California, but before I was adopted, uh, I was in 13 different foster homes. I was in 13 foster homes before the age of seven years old. And it's so interesting because, you know, going back to the Valley, I, I did a talk on mental health in, in an area of the Valley that honestly does not get the love that it deserves. See, the Coachella Valley is is kind of set up into, uh, you know, socioeconomically two areas. And, and if you know of Coachella, uh, you know, the festival then you might know a little bit about the valley, but you know, the valley is, it's, it's separated kind of into two socioeconomic segments, you know, the west end of the valley towards LA, it's a very rich area, Palm Springs, Rancho Mirage, Cathedral City, maybe not Cathedral City so much, but Indian Wells, you know, that sort of thing, very, very rich towns. And as you get towards the eastern end of the valley, which sort of goes towards the border of Mexico, you start to see, you know, the resources, you start to see uh, the community, the class drop quite a bit. And, you know, I don't think that there's one single attributable reason to this, but what I do believe is that, you know, when I was growing up, there were no resources. You know, when I was feeling something, when I would, you know, want to kill myself or when I was going absolutely crazy, you know, they would send me to a place in the Coachella Valley and then they would, um, they would send me like two to three hours away. Right. And so, <laughs> What I did this weekend was a talk and what they're really trying to do is get resources in that area of the valley to support because that's where the highest rates of murder are. That's where the highest rates of suicide are. The highest rates of pretty much everything that destroys that area happens in that area. And it's not just because, again, it's not just because of the politicians. It's not just because of the socioeconomics. There's a multitude of reasons, but that's really why what we're talking about is so important today, right? <coughs> What's at stake for us if we do heal, right? What, what do we stand to gain by choosing to do the inner work? What do we stand to gain by doing what we need to do to become better versions of ourselves, to eradicate cycles that we've been experiencing as a species for the last however many freaking years, right? These cycles that we see in cities, whether they're inner cities like LA, whether they're, you know, smaller outskirts, whatever they are. Most likely these cycles, they're not just, they didn't just pop up, right? They show up through generational experiences. And something that I talked about last weekend was the fact that, you know, trauma is not necessarily, uh, you know, in one person, it's intergenerational. You know what I mean? It, it, it is this 
one parent got hurt or that the parent was a kid and the kid got hurt. That kid turned into a parent. That parent didn't heal. That parent passes on those behaviors to the kid, those worldviews, those ideas of right and wrong, those ideas of how to interact, how to engage, how to have interpersonal relationships in the world around you, right? Trauma is very much most of the time multi-generational. And that's one of the things that really has to happen when we begin to go down this path is we have to understand that what's at stake here is not, it's not just for us. It's for everybody in our immediate vicinity, right? Everybody that has come into contact with me through my family has had a changed experience because I have changed, right? Because I have changed, I affect change in the experiences around me. And so you know, ultimately getting down to the core of this, I want to really continue to push this. What's at stake? What's at stake if we don't heal, right? Our cities, our qualities of life, because the, the, the problems, the physical problems that unhealed people create, the detriment of problems that, that, that come from it, whether it's murder, rape, you know, all, all of these crazy things, they don't just stay in one area, right? They don't just, they don't just stay in one area and stick there. They move out. So, we can't get away from the fact that all of us are affected by all of us, right? We can't get away from the fact that what I do will no doubt, in fact, and who I am, the self-concepts, the stories that I carry will no doubt, in fact, have an effect on everybody around me. And going back to the Valley last weekend, you know, it was such a full circle moment for me because... The last time I was even in that area specifically, right? I was going through some crazy things, dealing with some crazy experiences. And I don't think that there's a better time for us to begin getting down with what needs to be done to support our species. See, that's to me, that's bold. Taking steps to end cycles of generational trauma, taking steps to end cycles of perpetual poverty, perpetual lack. And that's what I loved about the event last weekend. You know, there were tons of resources from all over the Coachella Valley, you know, from, from rehabilitation centers to safe house and safe house was a great place. Safe house. When I ran away for the first time, right? Safe house. Uh, they took me in a place for runaway teens, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, teens that were in danger and man, you know, I think that <clears throat> understanding this as well, you know, what's at stake is not our pride. It's not our dignity. What's really at stake is our future, right? Our future as a species is at stake if we do not do the work. I mean, look, if you look over the last 10,000 years, just 10,000, right? We have seen how governments full of people that crave power, no matter the form of government, whether it's a monarchy, an oligarchy, a constitutional republic, whatever it is, easier gains power when people are broken, when they're traumatized, when they don't have a vision, right? All of these problems that perpetuate themselves in humanity, we keep them going by remaining unaware of who we are. The only reason people in power take advantage of us is because they simply know more than we do, right? The only reason somebody takes advantage of us is because they know more than we do. And this is why knowing yourself is the key to everything. Because how easy is it for you to be taken advantage of if you know exactly what all of your quirks are, right? If you know exactly what all of your ticks are, what all of your moments are, if you really understand yourself and you have a grip on yourself, how can somebody else take advantage of you? It's really hard. And then imagine what happens when we all begin to get to this place as a species. I become, I get to this place 
where I can manage myself, where I understand myself. You can get to this place where you understand yourself. You're manageable. Nobody can manipulate you. Nobody can take advantage of you. Your mom, your dad, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my friend, my cousin, your brother, your friend, your sister, your cousin. And all of a sudden, we're creating a domino effect where I have become so manageable of myself that nobody can manipulate me. I'm not going to fall prey to systems that manipulate me, thereby perpetuating the very thing I'm trying to get rid of. Self-knowledge is the key. Self-growth, self-understanding, right? If I understand myself to the degree in which I understand myself, I can understand everything else. To the degree in which I understand myself, I can understand everything else because I am the totality of the universe experiencing itself. Everything else is the same being experiencing itself subjectively. So as I can understand what makes this work, what makes this move, what makes this go, what makes this believe this, what makes this believe that, how this assigns meaning to this, how this assigns meaning to that, as I can do that, all of a sudden I have the opportunity to look at somebody and say, wow, you know what, this person's employing significant manipulation tactics. I don't know if I should vote them into office, right? See, most of the time, the reasons that we collectively suffer is because we just don't know. And the people that do know take advantage of what isn't known. So our job, right? What's at stake here? What's at stake? If we don't heal, our entire species is at stake. If we don't come to understand ourselves, our entire species is at stake, right? We run the risk of being controlled, not because there's some illuministic cabal that needs to have a grip on humanity, however true that may be, but simply because we don't know who we are. And until we know who we are, like we talk about 5D, we talk about, you know, this utopian free society, but how do you create that in a world where people don't know themselves? You can't, right? So we have an obligation. We have an obligation to know ourselves, to understand ourselves, to understand how the stories and beliefs that I carry become the thoughts and emotions that I have that ultimately become the actions that I take that influence the reactions that I initiate in relation to outcomes that I'm experiencing, which turn into experiences that I have, right? That's my obligation on a microcosmic level that's my job because as I understand that, dude, I have the ability to create my life. I understand that a certain self-concept, a certain set of beliefs leads to certain thoughts, leads to certain actions, feelings, emotions, and outcomes, right? I cannot embody, I cannot wear an identity and not become it, right? And so when I'm looking at what needs to happen for me to transform my life and in turn help the whole species, I need to become something and this is, this isn't every day and this is not, you know, you need to be perfect now, but it's an aim to have, right? This is an aim to have. I need to become the best version of myself. I need to become a version of myself that exemplifies what I want to see in the world around me, right? If I want to see more abundance, I need to be abundant, right? Am I being scarce with my love? Am I being scarce with my resources, right? Am I investing into myself? Am I investing into the world around me? Am I truly exemplifying the things that I want to see happen in my reality? And that's that's really the question here because the truth is you can't exemplify it until you embody it. I have to become it. I have to embody it, right? And I become it. I exemplify it. But until that happens, the other does not, right? And so this is really the question I have for you is what's at stake for you, right? I know for myself for a long time, what was at stake was 
everything, right? It was my freedom. It was my emotion. And it wasn't just physical freedom. It was emotional freedom, right? It was mental freedom. It was spiritual freedom. What's at stake if I don't take responsibility for my life? Because, it, and, and this, you know, I love this line of thinking because it doesn't, it, it's not this, it's not about ultimatums. It's not about saying, oh, well, you better do this. It's about understanding what's at stake for my life, right? What's at stake based on the path that I'm traveling right now? What is, has the highest potential to happen based on the things that I'm doing, based on the things that I'm believing and the things that I'm doing? This is the question I have to ask myself, right? What's at stake for me if A, I continue down the path that I'm on and then as a result of that, what's at stake for the people around me and the greater humanity in general? And on the other end of that, what's at stake if I actually go down this path and I begin to heal and I begin to understand myself and I begin to understand the makeup of the personality, how the personality presents itself as some objective facade of consciousness, right? As I can do this, man, all of a sudden, things are beginning to change. Things are beginning to, to, to ripple out. And all of a sudden, I'm beginning to see the slowly but surely ripple effects of this macrocosmic self-concept that I'm wearing inside of myself. Because the truth is, man, and this is the way I look at it, right? If, if I don't change, nothing changes. And you know, some people may think that's an extreme view to have, but it's one I've adopted because I waited for everybody else for a really long time, you know, and that was a really bad tendency of mine was waiting for other people to give me approval or give me permission to do what it is that I wanted to do. You know, there was no, there was no doing things of my own volition. There was no doing things because I wanted to do them. And that has become such a transformative aspect of myself is really placing my own needs, both short-term and long-term before everything else. Because what's at stake is not just a question that I ask about the greater humanity. I ask about myself. What's at stake with the path that I'm on right now, right? There's always going to be variable outcomes, potential outcomes that exist in relation to what we are doing, the path that we're on. And we should be examining those pretty frequently. I should be understanding what the emotions and the stories that I'm telling myself and the actions and the continual action that I'm taking and how that relates to outcomes. Because that's a mathematical equation. Self-concept or beliefs about yourself, they ultimately contribute to the action that you take, which results in the outcomes that you experience, right? Napoleon Hill's mentor, Charles Hanel, he said that we can only do to the extent that we can be. We can only be to the extent that we are. It's very hard to outdo your beingness, right? Whatever you are being, whatever you are embodying, whatever emotions are sitting in your body without challenge, that is your beingness, right? And it's very hard to do more than that. And you've probably noticed this, right? When you're in a moment of anxiety, it's really hard to do anything other than feel that anxiety unless you have regulation uh, techniques and tips that you use on a regular basis, right? When you are feeling defeated, it's really hard it's really hard for you to feel like you can be a victor, right? And I think that's something that's super important here because when we get to the truth of this, the bottom of this human thing, right? The beliefs that I have in any given moment, they're just that. They're beliefs that I'm telling myself. And in any given moment, you have the opportunity to shift those beliefs. But it's not just a matter of trying to get yourself to say, hey, yeah, well, I need to believe this thing. You know, or I just, I'm going to force myself to believe that I'm feeling something that I'm not. What I really need to do is get to a place 
where my fundamental identity is not affected by the beliefs that I'm that I am watching, that I am observing, going in my uh, you know my my mind sphere, so to speak, right? And what happens there is as I am able to be liberated from a, a an emotion or a belief that shows up, or in other words, you know, I'm not tied to it. I'm not uh, you know I'm not identifying as because if you notice a lot of the times when you have really intense emotions that come up you tend to identify as them, right? When I'm feeling really depressed, I'm thinking, man, I am depressed. I'm not, I'm thinking I am my depression most of the time. I may not say it that way, but we tend to identify as the things that we are feeling, right? We, we, we make them our identity instead of saying, I am experiencing these things. And, and I think this is on a more microcosmic level, this is a part of the what's at stake question, right? What's at stake for me not going through this process every single time I'm experiencing moments of contrast well, if I'm not trying to find the gold in moments of contrast, I'm most likely unconsciously perpetuating cycles that are repeating themselves, right? If I'm not trying to understand who I am apart from what I'm experiencing, well, I'm probably running into the same cycles over and over and over and over again, right? What's at stake for me not knowing myself, not understanding myself, not understanding who I am in relation to the world that I'm experiencing, not understanding that everywhere I am, there I go. And I cannot help but experience that every single day. And so this is the question I have for you. What's at stake with where you're at? What's at stake with what you're doing? What's at, what's, what's at stake with for, for the way you're carrying yourself, for the stories that you're telling yourself? This is a major question. And if you can ask this every day, you can literally take a wheel grip and turn it on your destiny, right? What's at stake for you? What's at stake for you with the way you're treating yourself, with the way you're telling your stories to yourself, with the way you're going about your habits, your responsibilities, with the way you're going about the acquisitions of skills and the understanding of systems. What's at stake for you based on the path that you're taking right now? And can you optimize, right? Can you optimize to ensure that what is at stake is the greatest outcome possible? And I can guarantee you, if you begin to take this line of thinking, you're going to begin to radically alter how you act, how you move, how you live, how you breathe, because it gets you to think bigger. It gets you to think larger. It gets you to think more multidimensionally. And that's what it's all about. So thank you for hanging out today with me on this episode of Limitless Live. We talked about what's at stake. We're going to be bringing more to you soon. As always, thanks to our sponsors, Reality Hacker Co., Reality Hacker Supplements. Go ahead and check us out, realityhacker.life. Thanks again. You're loved. You're powerful. You're amazing. We'll talk to you soon.